Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, busting out the double guns today, Matt <laughs> Bernstein. Bernie, how we doing? Man, every day is a holiday on the podcast, as I say, and then, man, who knew I'd start the week off with, talking about a legend, I'm not even a legend anymore because of guys like this, who have been over... <laughs> Taking over the, the the ranks of of legendary status, uh, sweet beat James White, dominating the Jets constantly. It was painful to watch, but I always cheer for you, um, dude. Thanks for being here, man. What a special individual to have early in the week. I appreciate you guys having me on. Like I, I've been seeing everybody join the podcast, from coaches to former players to all different types of athletes. So it's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, man, we really appreciate you, even though he's a Jets fan. I'm a Bills fan. Right. You tortured us for a decade in the yeah. pros. Um, but so we are pumped to talk to you about just everything. Before we get into it, though, I want to remind you guys that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they remain your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at Bet Online. Um, right now, MLB full swing, NHL playoffs. I stayed up. Watching Panthers Bruins last night, that was insane. That was absolutely insane. Uh, you've got the NBA playoffs, sweet feet. The Heat already up 1 0 in the second round. Most of our listeners are Bucks fans. Sorry, guys, but your yes. uh, Heat took care of business in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, we took advantage of Giannis being injured. And I said, Jimmy Butler did a heck of a job. You got to give him a lot of credit after Tyler Hero going down. He's had to man a lot of the offense. And then like I saw for one game, I was like, I don't know if he'd be able to do that again. He just just kept coming. He's he's a heck of a player to watch. You know, once he once he signs to the Heat, like I thought it was a great pickup. Obviously, I think we would have needed more players around him, which I still think we need more players around him. But I don't know what it is when it comes to playoff time. He turns to a different player, and I think it's it's always fun to watch those players that when it's when it's crunch time for their team, they turn it up a notch. And he's one of those guys, so it's fun. Well, I mean, there are a lot of guys you play with on the Patriots like that. Obviously, yourself, Tom Brady, but who's someone people may not think of as someone who always stepped up in the playoffs more than usual? Uh, from for our team, I would say Danny Amendola. He's he's huge. Like, I feel like he's a very underrated player in the NFL history in general. Just just clutch, always open, catch anything. Uh, one of my favorite teammates ever. He, he's almost like myself. He's you know pretty quiet, just works hard and. I said, when his number's called upon, just always answer the bell. Yeah, all the slot receivers also destroyed us, Bernie. We know a thing or two about that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the Patriots at all. I know we have to, but uh, listen, it, it's like, I don't know if you ever played fantasy football, but it's like having a dude on a team that you don't care to watch, but you cheer for that person. Yeah. I never had you on fantasy. Please don't be uh, uh, upset with that. But <laughs> I literally, I hate the Patriots with every fiber of my body. Tom Brady with the Michigan, like it pains me. But 
when you scored touchdowns, I was like, yeah, that's my guy. Like, go, <laughs> go sweet feet. But on the inside, I was pumped. You know, like when you're dominating the Jets, man, every year, like it, you got to think there's a lot of fans out there that are like, man, you guys really did it to us. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Patriot fans, but the, on the same side, there's a lot of people that dislike the Patriots, especially <laughs> Jets fans, Bills fans, Dolphins fans. So, but I mean, tides is starting to kind of turn a little bit so we'll see this is gonna be a, a huge year for everybody in the division honestly i mean the bills been teetering you know on the edge where they can make it to the super bowl now jets got aaron Rodgers. you know the last year was sort of a disappointment for the patriots the dolphins you know they have a good roster whether Tua can stay healthy so it's it's kind of a toss-up this year so it's gonna be to me it's the best division in football i thought it was last year too it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one to watch, but I said, I mean, looking at it on paper, it's, it's hard to say my Patriots just 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 based on you know players and all that. It's hard to not put us in, in last place, like based off last season and based off you know names and quote unquote. But all that doesn't necessarily matter. The Patriots had the best coach, so that that's that's what matters the most. <laughs> well, and on top of that, they probably got the biggest steal of the draft with Christian Gonzalez dropping yeah, to yeah. eighteen. But no matter yeah. who your squad is. You can bet on them over there at betonline.ag. So head on over to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we are going to go ahead and get started here with Sweet Feet back down in South Florida. I mean, wh where else is there to start? Uh, we've already talked about the heat, but... Where do you get started? Like, what is... I'm going to steal the Bernie line today. James, what is Little Sweet Feet like, and where did you get the nickname? Because I know you had that before you got to Wisconsin. Well, for myself, just growing up in South Florida, I mean, it's, sports are huge down there. I played football, baseball, basketball. Basketball as a sport was... I was the worst at I just played pretty much because I was athletic, and I was... When I was younger, I was probably bigger than most of the kids and probably a little bit more athletic. So I was dominate that way. But the older I got, the worse I got at basketball. That's probably the sport I worked at the least. Once once like I got to middle school, I think I tried out for the, for the freshman basketball team in high school, didn't make it. That was that was the end of that. But played baseball, played football. I said my was blessed to have parents that, you know, were, were able to give me the outside help aside from just practice to put the extra work in on the side. So definitely blessed and fortunate for that. So I try to take advantage of that and always try to work on my craft and make sure, you know, I was the best player I could be and kind of let my parents know what they were doing. I could reward them in a sense for to, you know, kind of make it pay off. And my nickname came from, I got that from high school, my high school creative writing teacher, Mr. Aloma. He kind of ran our senior skit, you know, in front of the school and whatnot. He, I don't know. It was, it was kind of random. He kind of he's like James Sweet Feet. Why didn't I, I laugh like at the time? I didn't really use it at the moment. And then once I declared for the draft or whatever, after I graduated from Wisconsin to go on to the NFL, my agent said I should change my my Twitter handle, Instagram handle, and whatnot to make it like whatever, like more appeal. I don't know. But first thing that came to mind was was Sweet Feet, and I just put it on there. I didn't really think too much of it. Think didn't think it was gonna be a big deal. And, and everybody kind of liked it in turned to like my coaches calling me it, Tom calling me it. So it was, everybody seemed to love it. So that's where it all started. <laughs> You're from senior year, and then you forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, that, I mean, that's I, cool. I, I, <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't a big deal at the time, but 
I said, it's pretty cool. I see a lot of a lot of people using now on Instagram and all that too. So it's it's cool to see that. You ever call that guy up and say, "Hey, man, thank you." <laughs> I never have, that's a, but <laughs> it, it's a great nickname. Yeah, it, it's it a fits, great nickname. It fits for me both on and off the field because I love shoes and on the field. I feel like my feet is what you know kind of makes me as a player. That's quick feet and be able to make guys miss. So. So let, let's talk about like high school football. What was it like? Like when did you, when did it click? You're like, man, I could do this at a different level or the well, next level. Well, on top of that though, I got to interject. You didn't just play high school football. You played high school yeah. football to one of the most storied programs in the United States of America, St. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, what's the competition like when you just step in as a freshman? It's, it's a lot of competition, you know, coming in as a freshman, you know, you have seniors there that are five-star recruits getting recruited by, you know, top programs, Florida, Alabama, and all that stuff. So, you know, like coming in my freshman year, the seniors were like major right. I don't know if you ever heard. They played for Florida Gators and guys like that. Who else was there? Marcus Gilbert, he played for the Steelers. So it was like some extreme talent. You know, me and like a few of my other, you know, classmates in that class, Giovanni Menard, a good friend of mine, we were in the same class, like, when he first got there, like we were competing with, you know, some of those guys. So like coming into school, competing against guys that are about to be, you know, division one stars that like elevates your level of play. So I think for to be able to compete with some of the top talent across, you know, the nation and practice every single day, that's only going to make, I mean, it's only going to make you better. You got to figure out ways to get better. So it's a blessing for me because you got to compete against top talent every single day and you have great coaching staff. And I said, it's a, a blessing for sure. And then like, even coming into high school, there's like probably like seven of us that play like little league football against each other. Maybe not the same weight level. Some some guys play the highest weight level. Some guys play down because they're a little bit smaller. Like we all were, were running backs. And we all were like really good running backs in little league. I remember when I got to high school, I'm like, I'm like, man, it's like seven of us. There's no way all of us, we're all in the same, we're all in the class of 2000. I'm like, there's no way all of us can play running back. Now I'm, I'm probably just going to switch the corner. Like, I don't remember I went home and told my dad that he's like, like, no, you're not, you're not switching the corner. You're going to go out there and compete. That's, you know, that's, that's what you do. And if whatever, if you compete, you can't win, then sure. Switch your position, something like that, but don't just give up on something that you've been doing, you know, your whole life playing that position and, you know, it all worked out, but it's always good to have my dad in the corner in that space to, you know, drive the point home to compete. Don't just walk away from this competition. Smart, uh, very smart of of that man to to push you to do that because look at what happened in in yeah. your life. Madden switching a corner. Who knows yeah. what could yeah. happen? Who knows what happened? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, is it is it cool? I have to ask this question because nobody knows my high school. Is it cool when someone goes, "Hey, do you know what high school? Like, what high school did you go to?" And you say your high school, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, okay, I know, I know where that is. I know that." Yeah, yeah, it's fun because I mean, not every single person knows, but people who know about high school football, you mentioned St. Thomas Aquinas and. They know about it, like being competitive, you know, playing on TV almost every single year now and it's always being a nationally ranked football team. Even till this day, they're playing really good football. The head coach, Roger Harriet, he actually coached at my Little League Park when I was growing up to see him, you know, get the head coach job there now and see the great job that he's doing is, is pretty amazing. And I said, I definitely don't, don't take it lightly. I know we we wear we wear it with pride. I know it's a saying that we have at St. Thomas, it's pride on A, so... We, we take pride in playing for that high school. Listen, I think it's so cool because I don't know much about high school, but I know that that high school very well. Everyone, I think everyone does. Um, so 
what, so like, when is it like, is it like your junior year or sophomore? Like, when do you start getting letters? Oh. When do you start like, man, this is something I could do to get into college. Like when, when does that start clicking? Uh, I don't know the exact time. I mean, you get like the little letters and stuff that may not necessarily mean anything Probably like sophomore year. Or so I guess my sophomore year, this did, I guess this is when I kind of got my sophomore year. I went to a Clemson camp when, um, Tommy Bowden, uh, Bobby Bowden, so the head coach there. I went to the Clemson camp. I killed it there, and they they offered me there like on the spot. So I think that was kind of – I mean, I, I knew I could have an opportunity. Just by going to St. Thomas, you know there's a possibility. If you play well, there's going to be scouts there. You're going to have an opportunity. But to go there and, you know, kind of kill the camp and get offered there on the spot, that's when I, you know, really said, oh, I can make this thing really happen. But even still, I knew I'd be able to make it to – you know, division one football, but at the same time, still when I, I don't know how the percentages of guys that actually make it to the NFL is still very slim. So I mean, you you make it there. That's just one step in the process. But once you get your foot in the door, you still gotta, you know, find ways to get better and compete. But I guess after my freshman year of college, I think that's when it kind of hit me like, okay, this thing could be real. I could I could end up making a career out of this after winning the Big Ten freshman of the year. I've but it's funny thing when I got the training camp my freshman year and actually seeing myself, I thought I was like a, but our team wasn't huge at St. Thomas. Like we were a really good football team. And our team wasn't huge. Like we had a few big offensive linemen, but pretty average size football team. I got to the college and seeing myself on tape for the first time. I'm like, damn, I'm not, I'm not that big. Like I thought I was, <laughs> I thought I was a lot bigger than what I was. Like, like couldn't really see myself behind our offensive line at Wisconsin. Everybody's, you know, six, four, 300 plus pounds. Like, damn, like, I'm not that big, but it didn't stop me from competing. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the process that got you to Wisconsin. So, I mean, you said you're first, you got that Clemson offer on the spot at camp. Um, you know, I know your recruiting process, you kept moving on. I know you went to, you know, you were interested in Michigan State and South Florida. You got a bunch of offers. What puts Wisconsin over the edge? And then what, actually, I'm much more curious about, talk to us about your official visit. Uh, for myself, my official visit, I visited the first game of the year. Then they played NIU. It was actually a really close game. But two of my high school teammates, Desmond Southward and Connor O'Neill, they went to Wisconsin the year before me. So that kind of sparked my interest a little bit after receiving the offer. Because I didn't know too much about, you know, Big Ten football and whatnot. I didn't know where Wisconsin was located on the map. But even after I committed you know, people in my school are like, well, you going to Wisconsin? Like, where, like, where is that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, but, <laughs> like, all I knew about Wisconsin was cheese, and that's that's pretty much all I knew, too. Not wrong with that. <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing wrong at all. But on my official visit, just had a great time, you know, chopping up. We had a lot of Florida guys, so they had a lot of Florida guys on the roster at the time that I had, you know, may not have known but knew of. So just chopping it up with them and getting to know how they – how they like the campus and whatnot, how they like the the school. It just it was very comforting for me. And a big part of it for me as well, going into college, I wanted to be in a pro style offense. I didn't want to go to even though spread is a huge thing, doesn't mean you're not gonna transition to the NFL. But I wanted to be in a pro style offense. I wanted to run the football. What other place would you rather go as running back than the University of Wisconsin? You gotta run the ball, you know, at the time, at least 30, 40 times a game. So I wanted to be a part of that. A lot of you know, a lot of legends that run the football and like I said, not a, a lot of guys still, you know, making their mark at the university. It's been fun to watch to be a, a part of that running back fraternity. Uh, dude, it's 
the fraternity of running backs out of Wisconsin is. I, I, to me, it's unmatched. I'm there. I'm very biased, but I, you know, for college football, not counting the pros. Yeah. What's accomplished on the field for the last like 40 years has been astonishing. It, and it, it continues. Truly, yeah, it truly has. And like, I, I've always wondered why, you know, like some of the top, like five star, whatever. I mean, you don't have to be a five star to go to school, but I've always wondered why some of those guys aren't interested in going to Wisconsin. Like, you're have, always going to have a good offensive line. You're going to run the football. Why not think of Wisconsin? I, that's, I don't know, but. But I have to do it. I have to say it. Like the coaches do a great job of finding those guys, whether it's three star, two star, you know, no star. They find the right guys that they know are going to fit in the system and and develop into good football players. So you got to give them a lot of credit. Well, I mean, you talk about fit, though, right? I mean, wasn't that a lot about the success you guys had in New England? I mean, if you think about yeah. it, you didn't have the number one overall draft picks, you know, yeah. who, who were yeah. there. You have guys who fit into what you guys were doing. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about in New England. Like. You know, everybody doesn't have to be a first round draft pick, a former five star. They do a great job of, you know, getting to know the people, getting to know are they football savvy and figuring out they're going to fit in the locker room and fit, you know, in their scheme and whatnot. I think that's a very important part that Bill Belichick, you know, I think he does a great job on a year to year basis, just finding the right guys to bring to the building because, you know, one guy can, I mean, I would say one guy, but you get a few of those bad apples in there, kind of spoils everything that's going on in there from a you know 20 plus years however long he's been coaching in the organization to sustain that culture for, for that long is is truly impressive because we've seen it go the other way many places is that guy a genius yeah truly this it's just <laughs> it's just amazing to see because you know on a week-to-week basis you're planning for the game he says something's going to happen you know, like on on Wednesday, like this is gonna come up. Like this play is gonna come up. And Sunday rolls around, boom, that play comes up. Either we did it right or we did it wrong. You know, he's got praise if we did it wrong. Like, like we talked about this shit. <laughs> Not <laughs> time. I said it's just like it's it's truly amazing how the stuff that he says truly comes to fruition. He's just he lives and breathes football. He has a bed in his office, like he, he can sleep but he just loves the game, man. And he really loves special teams. Yeah, yep, <laughs> he truly does, and so he he enjoys every facet of the game, and he wants to be on his P's and Q's to make sure every facet of the game is prepared for any given moment. Like you got to work on every situation possible. I mean, they create their own situations. Like I like to come up with some random ass name for some situation that may not ever come up. Like why the hell are we doing this? But sometimes it does come up, and like I said you're going to be prepared for it because he's prepared for any possible thing that can happen. Well, well Sweeby, you, you, I feel like now coming out of high school, you would have been, uh, like Wisconsin would have been high on your board off of just what you're seeing with this new offense, the spread, a guy like you who could do all these unique things. Mm-hmm. Would, would that be exciting for you? Like, is the yeah. new offense right now exciting for you? I think it's definitely exciting. I mean, at the time, like, when I was coming out, everything was like pro spread wasn't necessarily the norm. So, like, if we turn back the clock, maybe I may not have been as interested, but the running back history would have would have interested me as well. As long as you ran the football, whether it was spread or not, I think that would have been very interesting. But I feel like even in the NFL, it's turned to more and more of a passing league. So, I guess it, like if I was in high school right now, Wisconsin definitely be still very intriguing to me. I think what they're doing is going to be really cool. I think, I think times are changing. 
So we can't we can't line up in the 22, 23 personnel, you know. Sadly. <laughs> but yeah, to sadly, my favorite personnel. Yeah, yeah. Like I love I love it too. Like on third and three every time and try to run it to convert and all that. Times are definitely changing and <laughs> like guys are starting to figure it out. And these these players are getting faster, smarter, and all that. So eventually you gotta be able to turn the page and figure out a new way. It doesn't mean you have to change like your emphasis. You just do it a, a different way. So it's going to be fun and exciting to watch this new coach staff, see what they, you know, what they kind of, what kind of players they continue to bring in, what do they envision themselves doing from an offensive standpoint, a defensive standpoint. It's going to be fun to watch because it's, it's going to be something new for everybody. It's going to be completely different than something that we've ever seen. So I'm excited to see how it all shakes out. I completely agree. It's going to be very exciting. Let's go back to Wisconsin, though. You show up on campus. You walk into the meeting room. Who's in the meeting room? Who are you like, wow, I can't wait to meet? Like, what does that look like? It's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. You got, you know, Big John Clay there. You got Monty Ball, Antonio Finellis, Jay Valai. All, all these guys are really, J.J. Watt, these really good football players that have had a lot of success at the college level. Like, I, I went to the bowl game when they beat Miami in Orlando the year before. Like, I actually got on campus and whatnot, just seeing the work that they put in to win that football game against a really good, really talented Miami team. Obviously, they weren't Miami in the past, but they still had a lot of talent on that team. A lot of a lot of guys that I grew up watching in South Florida playing on that football team to see those guys compete against those guys and, you know, pretty handily, you know, kind of take over that game. To be a part of that locker room, like, it was truly amazing just to see the work that they put in from a freshman coming on campus. You, you just want to be a sponge. Like, I didn't. I still don't talk too much. I mean, I probably talk more now than I ever have, you know, getting into the media space, but, <laughs> but just, I just wanted to be a sponge, put the work in, you know, not be a guy that's going to, you know, be a freshman that's talking <laughs> and, you know, rub guys the wrong way. I wanted to, you know, do the right thing, be a sponge. And like I said, I didn't, I didn't even know whether I was going to play as a freshman or not. Like I had like success during camp and all that stuff. But I still didn't know whether I was going to actually play, but, I said, I just wanted to be a viable option. My number was called, and I just took that approach every single year. Who was the running backs coach when he came in? Uh, Settle. John okay, Settle. it was John Settle. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, Settle's coached a ton of extraordinarily yeah. successful backs at Wisconsin. What, how did he run his meeting room? Like, what's the vibe in there? Like, like I mean, you talked about guys. I mean, we've had Big Play and Monty on yeah. the show. They're both yeah. great personalities, right? What other backs are in there, and how is Coach Settle sort of running those meetings on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis? Yeah, so it was me, it was Monty Ball, Jeff Lewis, John Clay, and, man, what's my guy's name? Zach Brown was there, too, at the time. So, yeah, we had a lot of a lot of talent in that room. He's, you know, Seth's kind of like myself. He's uh, barely, I mean, for a coach, he's fairly quiet. He, he's doesn't have a temperament whatsoever. Like you really have to do something wrong or really rub him the wrong way to really, you know, kind of get him out of his skin and make him, <laughs> you know, jump out or scream at you. But like I said it was a fun guy to be around. It was great for me for my freshman year. He he taught us a lot for the game of football and he trusted in all of us to, you know, protect the football. And he believed in all of us as well. If our, I said if Monty was down, he trusted me to go in there. If Clay was down, he trusted both of us to go in there. Like Whoever got in the game, we can all go out there, you know, rush for 100 yards, protect the football, protect the quarterback as well. So he did a great job preparing us. I have to assume the meeting room was pretty funny. Because yeah, he was, was a funny, funny guy. 
he, he was a funny guy but in the meeting room. He, he was he was fairly serious. But he, he was a goofy guy though. Like he, in the meeting room, wasn't too many jokes going off. But he he definitely was goofy. If you catch him outside in the meeting room and just joke around, talk about family, and you know, talk about stuff outside of like the game of football. So so what's it like? Did what did you guys was the tunnels built yet, or did, were you walking through the fans at this point? We're walking through the fans. Do yeah. what? That's the coolest. Yeah. First off, that's the coolest thing I think yeah. I've ever done at Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> outside of scoring a touchdown, yeah. that is like special. Yeah. What I was that like? Your first game? Yeah, I think the tunnel was built. Probably was it like that my senior year? I feel like it might have been like that. My I don't know, I don't really remember. I think that we had a tunnel my senior year, but I, I love the old entrance, walking through the fans, kind of going down the ramp. We got to be careful coming down that ramp, but yeah, like that was that was always fun, man. Just. You know, getting the field, get the electricity from the fans going down that is it's just one of a kind. Like the Camp Randall experience. I love Wisconsin. It always has a special place in my heart. The fans are, you know, they're amazing. It's completely different than Florida. You know, everybody's nice in Wisconsin and Florida. And you gotta be careful who you who you bump into <laughs> and whatnot. But what you say. Yeah, what you say, yeah. Don't honk your horn and all that. But it's <laughs> It's just a fun place to be. The electricity was just in the air. And so I, I love walking through the fans before the game because they, they, they're riled up. They have a few beers in them. They've been tailgating a little bit, and it just really gets you going. So, uh, I like how you say a few beers. <laughs> I've never seen anyone walk into that stadium with just a few beers in them. <laughs> so I have a question, though. How do you get – I think it's kind of a question for both you guys. How do you get hyped up for those 11 a.m. games sometimes? Because, like, if you've got an 11 a.m. kickoff against Troy or something, right, in week two, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's a lot easier to get hyped up for a night game against Michigan or Ohio State, right? You've yeah. got an 11 a.m. kickoff against Troy. Like, yeah, you know, you, at every game, one to know, we know the yeah. Bielema mentality. But really, like, how do you get, how do you get up for that? Ah, you just gotta just gotta wake your body up. I know with Coach B, he'd always stress for us to whatever, take a shower in the morning to kind of jumpstart your body. I didn't always do that, but <laughs> <laughs> jumpstart gets you going. But I say it may take a while for you. You know, it's you wake up right like six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning to kind of get it going. By the time you get to the, the stadium, you warm up, like you're locked in, you're ready to play football. No matter what time of the day it is. I, I mean, honestly, I, I mean. Right at the time, like if it was a night game, I I like the electricity of you probably playing a really good school and with in a tough game and all that. But I didn't mind eleven a.m. games because you know yeah you get to have fun afterwards. Well, get to go with you go out with your family mm-hmm. afterwards. You still have time to go out and you know, have time with your friends. So I didn't mind eleven a.m. games. I like to get up and go. Don't really have to think about it too much. Just you jump up, get out of bed. It's essentially, time to play football. So I, I didn't mind it whatsoever. Okay, enough about football. Where are you going after the game? <laughs> <laughs> the game at the time probably the KK. I think Johnny O's was there, Wando's, and a bunch of different. I know things are different now than what it was. I don't. I don't know <laughs> what things are like now, but Bernie, I know that. Uh, Never Wando's. heard of those bars before. I have no <laughs> idea where they are. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> Uh, oh my god the the 11 o'clock games were great because you could do stuff after. Yeah, and yeah. if your if your family came in. If you had a two thirty game, it was hard to you know by, by the time you're done with the game and showering and maybe media or whatever you're doing, it was hard to get to dinner and then yeah. they were leaving. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, so the eleven o'clock games for me just were like I just hated waking up at six o'clock because it's hard to go yeah. to sleep the night before because yeah. you're you're yeah. juiced. 
ready to like go play a game. So then it's like, wake up at six. I always had all my clothes like ready to put on, ran downstairs, (laughs) ate, got back, tried to fall back asleep. Because at this point in time, I could still fall back asleep. Asleep. Showered quick. We went to mass, which for a Jewish guy is like 20 minutes of kind of just sitting there relaxed. (laughs) It was almost like, um, what's it called? Like mindfulness. Because I kind of wasn't paying attention, but had to be there with the team because I wanted to be with the team. The second for me, you got on that bus and see everyone partying and going hard. I was like, man, I'm ready. Let's go to the stadium. Let's, because from the in-towner to the stadium was like a mile and a half. Yeah, not, not very far. And by that point, I was like, you couldn't even listen to a song. You know, no. the cops, they had all the cops out there with all the sirens on. It was, that got me amped up. And then once you're there in the stadium, it's game day. It's hard to not be fired up. Like, it, yeah. I can't say I played great for all, like, the games that were, uh, like, Troy's and Bowling yeah. Green's. So, I can't say I played t- great, but. Yeah, it could take some time to get started. <laughs> it, it does take a long time to get started. Um, <laughs> yeah, first game of your 2005 season, Vern. It, it took you guys a second. And then, and then BC like ran for like 300 yards. So, and, and then there was that he did. I even had a touchdown. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Everybody um, gets a tub. So who's the yeah, crew though? Like who, who's your crew? Like who, who are you rolling with out to places that will go unnamed? Well, let's see. Monty was definitely in there. Melvin was in there. Warren Herring, Isaiah Williams. Yeah. It's a solid little crew. I mean, I switched it up. I try to hang out with a, a bunch of my teammates. Just all depends on the given night. <laughs> so when when we had Monty on, he talked about one time when they tried to bring Russell to the KK. And Russell <laughs> showed up in not the proper attire for the, for the KK. Were you there for that? I wasn't there for that. Oh, I, I heard about it. I think like him and like Nick Toon and them. And I, I, I wasn't there for that. I just heard the stories. I know he was a little too dressed up or I think man, might have to wear a white or something. Like that. You don't he wear was wearing Burberry. Burberry. Okay. You don't, you don't want to wear that to the KK. <laughs> you don't want to wear anything to get destroyed into the yeah, KK. Yeah. Yeah. Worse up that's already dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so James, let's, so let's talk about like that first game that you played in. What's it like getting on the field? Like nervous energy. You knew you were going to play. Like, what's that like? Uh, for me, well, my first my first game was interesting. I remember we played UNLV, so we were out in Vegas for the first game of the year. Me and Brady Ewan were roommates, and with Coach B, and I was like, usually like for like the pregame meal, almost like a like a sin, like like walking in there like a few minutes before, like whatever. Like I don't remember we say grace or whatever it may be, but. We're just like walking in there, probably like a couple minutes before pregame. Me, like me and Brady, like everybody's like looking at us, like, <laughs> "Hello!" Like I, <laughs> I didn't know we had to be here like ten minutes before, like pregame meal or whatnot. So that kind of had me on like a, a weird spot already. And like when we get to the game, and I didn't know whether I was going to play or not, and might have been like the first or second quarter. Just like Coach said, like, like get in there, like, I'm like. I didn't really move like just like my head like tap me like get in there like I was like oh. <laughs> so right there and like, like the nerves were were already going a little bit but then I got the ball in the first play I should have scored if I wasn't as nervous I probably would have scored but <laughs> probably had like a like a 10 15 yard gain or whatnot and after that it was just it was just playing football after that I mean once you get that first hit that first run you're all good but I definitely was nervous going to that moment because I wasn't I didn't know. And they didn't really say much to me as far as when they expected to put me into the game. It just, just kind of got that nudge. It's like, get in there. Like, what are you doing? Like, so that, 
that made me even more nervous than what I should have been, but it all worked out. Well, especially then, because you guys had four guys that were really rotating yeah. with you and Big Play and Monty and Zach. Like, you guys were yeah. all getting touches. And now you were accustomed to sharing touches. I mean, like you said, you went to high school with Gio Bernard, yeah. which is, I think it's pretty rare for even a school with the pedigree of St. Thomas Aquinas to yeah. produce two 10-year NFL vets from the same high school class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's at rare, the same man. position? <laughs> In the same position. Very rare. Especially a running back. That's And so... <laughs> You, you were accustomed to sh sharing touches. What was, how did you guys, what was sort of the dynamic for that, right? Where, was everyone, I assume everyone was like relatively cool with it, but you know, what's that dynamic for you guys like with, you know, there's only one ball. Yeah, everybody was cool with it. I think a few of us were, were banged up at some point during the year. So got split up that way. Nine of getting hurt. The money went back in there and kind of took over. You know, he almost had a thousand yards that year as well. Hurt Clay got hurt a little bit. So I think that that helped out some, but we were all were friends. We all competed with one another. And so I never have a problem sharing the football. And I think it gives the defense, you know, something else to prepare for when you have, you know, you got six two, two sixty or whatever John Clay was at the time running the football. And then you got myself, five nine, probably 195 pounds at the time running the football. And then you got Got Monty, 5'11", you know, 220, whatever he was at the time. So they got prepared for a few different guys. Everybody brings something different to the game. So I think it makes the defense have to adjust a lot. So I always enjoy it. I love competing because you you see John Clay break off a 20-yard run. I want to go out there and break a 20-yard run. Not like do too much, but I want to go out there and help my team, you know, make a play as well. What do you, what do you think your your niche was? Like when did you start honing kind of that that niche? Oh, uh, my niche. I don't really know. I think for myself, you know, coming in my freshman year, I, I was just playing football. I didn't really know the game that well. I just was playing football, just playing free. Like I probably didn't watch as much tape as I probably should have should have at the time. I didn't really know all the formations and all that. I just knew when I was getting the ball, like I knew my pass protection and all. I knew protections and I knew when I was getting the ball and I knew my reads. Now, other than that, I could care less. I was just, <laughs> I was just playing free. And then, you know, coming into them. So my niche was just, I feel like it was just my vision, my anticipation and making guys miss my freshman year. And then after that, you know, coach set left, he went to the Panthers after my freshman year. And we got Thomas Ham again as our running back coach. And the, the first day he came in, he slapped the a test in front of all of us with like formations, you know, like uh, uh, run blocking schemes, like all that stuff. And, Remember, like we all like looking at each other in the meeting room, like, like we don't we don't know this. <laughs> like, I don't know, right? like I know like fire Zulu, like I get the ball, weak side run, like stuff like that. But other than that, I don't I don't really know much. So he slapped that test in front of us, and then from from that day forward, that changed my perspective on you know the whole game, like learning the game of football, and you know knowing so much more than just my responsibility. So I'm forever grateful for him actually doing that because. If he doesn't, if he hadn't done that, I would just probably done the same thing. Just I, I know what I got to do, and then like, you know, I'm good. But I think that's what helped me transition to the NFL so much better. It's just because I understood you know, what we were trying to get accomplished on first and ten. Why are we running it versus this look, or you know, whatever it may be? Why are we running this pass play versus this coverage, and all that stuff just helped me out a ton. So it was it was a, it was a test like holistically about everything that was, yeah, was all going off on the field, like coaching, yeah. like. Why we do this? Why we're doing so? It's situational. Well, is it like it, what does well, the tackle do? It wasn't like to that extent, but it's more of like formations, like run plays, like draw the blocking scheme versus this, like mm -hmm. who's blocking who? What's your read? Uh, this protection is it a 
six man or seven man protection, like stuff like that. And like at the time, I, like, I had no clue. Like I, <laughs> I knew like a few of the formations just from from hearing them, but like we we weren't asked really to do too much aside from run the football and just pass protect a few times before he got there. And then like once um, Coach Chris left, we were asked to do a little bit more as far as learning you know, formations, catching ball out of the backfield. So we had to to know that stuff. So it helped out tremendously. Well, I, I feel like... Oh, sorry, Matt. Go, go ahead, Burn. I was going to say, when I showed up, all that stuff was impossible to understand yeah, right yeah. away. Because <laughs> you, you, no matter what you did in high school, still, this is all new, and yeah. there's so much to learn. And I feel like eventually, like osmosis, you learn it all. Like you just yeah. pick, start picking up, and then you start figuring out like how important knowing like what the right side is going to do on power. You're like, oh, yeah. this is why it's not a B gap or an A gap yeah. run. You're like, because yeah. they're double teaming the guy in there. Yeah. Like, don't yeah, go so there. Be outside of him. <laughs> or don't go backside because we're not blocking any of those dudes. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you go back there, you're an idiot. Um, which yeah. sometimes it works though, but yeah, not a lot. Like, it yeah. works sometimes. Um, but I do think like picking up on that stuff is really difficult. Yeah. I, I, what's it like to do that? So then to transfer the transfer to, to go into the NFL is the playbook is ginormous. What's yeah. it like going? since you learned and figured out how to do this, what's it, was it easier or harder to go into the pros and try to figure out that offense? It was, it was way easier for me because you could almost kind of transition the concept. because Everybody kind of runs similar stuff. Be like, like, Oh, 64 protection here. Oh, this was just North and South for Wisconsin. Like it's the same thing here. Like someone, you just kind of use that. But I just think after that test with coach Hammock, the game of football just came a little bit easier to me just because I I knew what to expect as far as having to learn the game. So I think that's that's all it was. I mean, obviously there was still so much more like the NFL does way more complex stuff than what you do in college. So you still have there's some learning aspect to it. And I just tried to ask a lot of questions of some of the veteran guys as well because I still didn't have some understanding to some of them like like they're saying this, but like it's not like it's not like working out the way they're saying. Like, what, <laughs> like, what, like, what am I? Am I listening wrong? Or like, but they they would just like dumb it down for me. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I'm like, so why are they saying it like this? So, but it's just you just got to ask questions and be a sponge. Just try and you know get the right answers and just watch the guys who are doing it right. I think that helps out a lot. Believe in Badgers is excited to be brought to you by Infinigods. Infinigods is a gaming studio with a suite of free, fun-to-play games centered around ancient mythologies and civilizations. Visit Infinigods.com to play their first game, Infinimerge, and learn about their upcoming tower defense game. Play for fun or play to compete and take your shot at winning digital collectibles. That's Infinigods at Infinigods.com, unleashing the power of blockchain games. So who are those guys that are taking you under your wing when you get there? Yeah, Shane Marine. Brandon Bolden, I mean, all the running backs, just those veteran guys who have had a lot of success in the league, just watching those guys, just asking them. I mean, I had to ask a million questions, but if something confused me that I asked because I don't want to go out there and, you know, up on the field. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I mean, no, no one wants to be that, that guy, guy especially when Tom rep. Brady's the guy yeah. that you're, you're, you're playing right yeah. next to. So yeah. what, I mean, you got on the field early in your career, and what do you think accounted for that? Uh, for myself, you just have to build a trust factor. I mean, my rookie year, I didn't. I only played in three games because um, we had Shane Marine. We had the guys, veteran guys that, you know, did the things that they probably saw me doing, you know, down the line once he ended up going to the Giants the next year. But even my second year, 
you know, Deion Lewis kind of took over that role. He was the main guy until he got hurt. That's when I kind of fill in that niche. But just have to build that trust factor to be able to protect the quarterback, protect the football, you know, pass block, run routes, and do all that stuff. I think once you build a trust factor between your head coach, offensive coordinator, and all those guys, I think that's when they kind of take the, the leash off you a little bit and they just kind of let you go. And I think each year I just tried to build that trust more and more and more and allow for them to feel like they can call anything when I was in the game. What What's it like walking into the Patriots locker room and literally one of the probably maybe the best player to ever play in the NFL is sitting there and you have to like, he's your coworker oh, yeah. pretty much. I am is. It makes your competitive juices like start flowing. Like either you can kind of shrink back or you, you kind of chomp at the bit to, you know, want to compete with those guys and kind of show what you got. And I wanted to show what I had, like, you know, right away. I mean, I had a, a pretty solid OTAs and whatnot. And I said, I went out there, competed, tried to do whatever I could to show that I could play my, my rookie year, my rookie year. But in the preseason games, I didn't really do <laughs> like I, 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 I didn't get like a heck of a lot of reps, but when I was out there, I was like, yeah, like they probably like, oh, this guy is like, he's whatever. Like, he's, <laughs> like we can't play him, but <laughs> like, he can do during the preseason. He can do a little bit of things in practice when the games roll around. He's not doing, <laughs> but I said, but for myself, <laughs> for myself, like, I, I, I tried to live up to the competition. Like walking to the locker room, you got Tom Brady, you got Gronk, you got Julian Edelman, you got Darrell Revis, you got Devin McCourty, Rob Nikovich, got. Yeah, all these guys that played at a high level in the NFL. I just wanted to go out there competing and show them what I had. And unfortunately, it didn't work out by my first year, but eventually it did. And I, I said, I feel like I just built that trust factor between, you know, like me and Tom and, you know, my offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, and Bill Belichick eventually to show them that, you know, I could be a guy that I could help the team with. You mentioned Gronk, who I think my favorite description of Gronk is he is a trained polar bear. Uh, what's your best Gronk story? Best Gronk story? Oh, man. Or just one that comes to mind when you say Gronk? Because I imagine there's a trillion of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not as many as you expect. But he, he just, he's just, <laughs> he's, he's a funny guy, but he's he's pretty serious. And he's not like as, you know, goofy as what people think, like on an everyday basis. He's in the building. He's probably, he doesn't really talk too much. I mean, Funniest, funniest stories, probably. <laughs> like we're doing walkthroughs. Like we always, we do a million walkthroughs with the Patriots, but we're just doing a walkthrough before practice, and he's just, he's just like out of it. Like it almost like he just doesn't want to be there in a sense. And we probably ran a play like three times, and he he messed up the play every single time. And then like he just, he's a guy who's kind of like you know walks or like that and whatnot, but. He just he just it up three times in a row. Josh <laughs> Dan's just like it's like oh my god, I'm gonna throw up. Like, <laughs> like that's just the type of guy that Gronk was. He's he just just funny. He, he wasn't even trying to be funny, but he just messed stuff up every now and then. But he when when that game time rolls around, nobody can stop. <laughs> nope, nobody can stop him. Believe me, we know Matt Perkins a lot. <laughs> we do. Uh, we um, know a little bit too much. We know a little <laughs> too much. Uh, so. What what was the relation between like Tom Brady and Gronk? Because they eventually went to Tampa together, so yeah. they must have like. Does Tom love him? Like uh, Tom yeah. to me seems. Uh, I use Tom as a, a but you know, yeah, because you're twelve. Yeah, yeah, my my best friend Tom Brady. Um, he seems very serious, and he seems like every play, every everything he does is very serious. 
Seb now these commercials that he's on are actually pretty funny. Um, is that is that the way he goes about business? And then how does how does he incorporate like funny guys like Gronk into, or is everyone serious when it's time to be serious? Yeah, everybody's pretty serious when it's time to be serious. But I mean, off the field, he's he's just like one of the guys in the locker room. He he shoots the shit. He he talks shit. He he has fun with the guys, even though he may be a lot older than most of the guys. He he knows how to have fun. But when it's time to get on the practice field, he's He's locked in and he's ready to go. And I think that's that's like with Gronk. He's not obviously he has a good time when he's on the field as well. But when it's time to compete, he's he's competing hard. And I mean Gronk is Tom's ultimate weapon. They built a great relationship, great rapport. I think Richard Gronk has the most touchdowns he's ever thrown to. But like their connection was amazing. Like they knew what they were looking for, like on every single play. Yeah, like seam route, Gronk knew exactly when to look. Ball's there, boom. They route, they knew they knew exactly what Gronk was gonna do based on how the defensive back was playing. Like they, they know what signals are coming. Like their connection was just really, really good. And I said it was almost almost unstoppable, especially you know, in, in Gronk's prime when he you know wasn't getting banged up too much. So, you know, at this point in time, you know, what are you getting passionate about off the field? Like, I mean, you um, know, like, uh, you know, obviously adjusting the NFL is a full-time job, but what, after college, like, what are you really getting interested outside of football? Right now, I'm trying to get into the media, like, broadcasting space. I do a radio show on Sirius XM, the opening drive with Solomon Wilcox on Wednesday mornings. I called a few games on on radio with Sports USA during the year, called about four games, and I did, like, a little Patriots podcast after games on the ringer with like, I almost say his name wrong. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but did that. <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. But I did it <laughs> after Patriots games, kind of a rundown and kind of overview of what happened during the game. But that's, that's what I've been trying to get into. I retired during training camp. So the most opportunities in the media space are taken up by that point. So just waiting to see what opportunities come through that, but also had interest in, Video game, video game all my life. So still, still do it. Okay. What's day. your game of choice then? Oh, uh, right now, right now I've been big in the MLB, the show. Uh, okay. I love baseball. I've been playing that a lot. I play Call of Duty, 2K, Madden, all that stuff. That's probably about the, to the extent that I go right now. I haven't branched off the Xbox, PlayStation, <laughs> PC. I'm an Xbox guy. I have, I have a PlayStation 5 too. Just don't really turn it on whatsoever. <laughs> if you want to get rid of that, I got an address you can send it to. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I love video games, but I, I mean, I play computer games mostly. When, when did you start getting into video games? Uh, ever since a kid. Like, my older brother was always big in the games, compete with him. What was the first one you were interested in? Like, what was the game that got you into it? I have to be Madden. I'm sure Madden was probably the first game out there. My dad used to play against us like when we were younger and whatnot until he just wasn't, wasn't interested in it in it anymore, but my brother used to beat me in video games all the time and they used to turn the game off and run away and things of that nature before the game was over and piss them off, but yeah, just competing with my cousins, my neighbors, just having fun with it, and so it just brings that competitive that competitive edge out of you, and I always had a good time with it, and it's a way to stay in contact with a lot of my friends, a lot of my college teammates as well, we on the game all the time, and so don't get the opportunity to necessarily see them in person as much anymore with me having kids and whatnot, so that's a way for me to Stay in contact with him. I did the show with Brian Barrett. That's that's my guy. We just came to mind. So um, <laughs> okay, so, I, so then I got to ask, who's the best Call of Duty player on the Badgers Ooh. that you play with? 
Uh, probably Sojourn Shelton. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's really good. He's really good. Jared Abadaris was good too. He's really good. Who else is pretty good? Mike Taylor was really good too. Yeah, we, had, we had some guys that, that were solid. <laughs> we used to have uh, guys would bring their Xbox, the first one, to our apartment, and we'd set up three different TVs to play yeah, Halo that's, against that's each right. other. That's the, that's the yes, old sir. school. I'm doing, yes, sir. Know my neighbors. The <laughs> old school. Get the Ethernet yeah. cord and attach yeah. it to everything. Dude, the hockey guys were unstoppable. <laughs> they're extreme hey burn we're coming for you I'm like there's no way i'm hiding somewhere that, that they probably get, and boom i'm dead in two seconds yeah, amazing good times. <laughs> good times dude i gotta ask what's it like like hoisting up is that the right word Ho- hoisting hoisting yeah, the, the lombardi trophy up man it's a it's an amazing feeling just all the hard work you put in from you know otas training camp off-season workouts all that stuff you you do all that to get to that moment right there, and I so said you pour every last ounce of you know blood, sweat, and tears, your breath, everything into hoisting that trophy up. And I said from things you know going up during the season, down during the season, you may got hurt and whatnot. You get into that game, you just want to leave it all out on the field, and to be able to win that game is no other feeling like, no other greater feeling like it, man. It's it's truly amazing, and I said it's. Everybody's just embracing one another. I mean, it's, that that celebration lasts. It lasts quite a long time. <laughs> so I gotta ask though, Super Bowl Fifty One. Speaking of that feeling, mm-hmm. um, first of all, I'm still mad you didn't win the MVP, and I, I know you can't say anything about that. So I'm saying that Bernie's saying that <laughs> that should have been because I mean, statistically, it's the like the greatest game a running back has ever had in the Super Bowl. James, what what's going through your mind and your body during that comeback? And you're getting all these touches. Just, just talk to us. Talk us through sort of that moment. Uh, for me, coming to the game, I knew I'd be a factor in the game because Dan Quinn was the head coach and he came from Seattle. And Shea Vereen had a big game against Seattle when he was the defensive coordinator there and they ran a similar scheme. So I knew I'd have, you know, play a pretty solid factor into the game. But obviously we went down by a bunch of points. So the pass catcher running back is going to be on the field most of the time. So my number just got called a little bit more. And I said, I just wanted to, like, I didn't play in this, the Seattle game my, my rookie year. So I always said, if I got an opportunity to play in that game, I was going to do whatever it took to, you know, help my team win the football game. Obviously, didn't think we were going to be down that much. I was like, God damn, like, uh, I'm going to get to play in my first Super Bowl. We're about to get blown out. That's a, a sick <laughs> feeling. But I said, even, even when we were down, I just wanted to, find a way to make plays, to scratch and claw and try and get my team back in the football game. And the, the ball just kept coming and just got to a point where I always say it's like almost like I, I got blacked out. Like it's like <laughs> no fans were there, just me and my teammates and the opponent. And it's like, it's almost like practice. It's like everything was working for me. Just as a player, sometimes you just get in one of those zones where you just feel like nobody can stop you. That's just the mode that I was, I was pretty much in. Everything was working. I was, I was exhausted, but like I said that you work so hard to get to that moment right there. Why not just leave it all out there? And that's and that's how it all turned out. <laughs> Dude, it's a great game to be in that mode. Yeah. You're like the Super Bowl <laughs> down. Yeah. You come back and win. Dude, literally, I did think you should have been the MVP too. I'm sure almost probably everyone of the nation thought that. But still, like, who cares? You won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like that's yeah. pretty spectacular in and of itself. That I would say. As you said before, like going from high school to college is a small percentage, going from college to NFL is even smaller. And then even having 
any chance of winning a Super Bowl is yeah. is to me the pinnacle of of any sport. Yeah, it's slim chances. Like I said, like being there my rookie year, obviously. I saw the work that those guys put in. Obviously, you never know if you're going to get the opportunity to make it back to the Super Bowl. Obviously, I played on a really good football team, great coach, great quarterback. So I knew there possibly an opportunity to get back out there. But just to be able to have that opportunity, I just wanted to make the most of it because I know a lot of guys don't get the opportunity. And I say the whole nation is watching during that game as well. So it's like, like man, you got to put your best foot forward. You don't, you don't be out there f-ing up during that game. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I just wanted to – had a lot of fun. Whole families there. Everybody's there. It's just it's just an electric atmosphere. I had had a great time. <laughs> All right, we only got you for a couple more minutes. So I'm going to get you out of here on a couple rapid fire questions. So I'm going to start. Who was the biggest physical physical freak with physical freak you played with at Wisconsin and then in the league? Physical freak at Wisconsin. Ooh, that's tough. Physical freak. Uh, Desmond Southward was a pretty physical freak, right? They're just extremely athletic. Jump, lift, all that good stuff. Borland was Borland was a physical freak too, as well. Just wasn't the biggest guy, but would decleat linemen in practice <laughs> all the time. And the NFL physical freak, ooh, NFL, that's tough. All right, Dante Hightower, that's probably one of them. I'm trying to think who else could be physical freak. Gronk would definitely have to be one of them, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think those those are probably top two off the top of my head. Fastest guy <laughs> you played with? Fastest guy I played with? Right, Devin McCourty. Easy. Really? Devin McCourty, Devin McCourty or there's a guy, Keon Crossing. He's pretty fast. He plays for the Dolphins now. He's pretty fast. Matt, like, you gotta be like, Devin can still run. He's probably right up there with you know, some of these younger guys. Like, he'd be very, very surprised. <laughs> Most emotional moment in a Badger uniform? Most emotional. Uh, most emotional. Probably have to be senior night. Um, losing that game, senior night against Penn State, that was a pretty, a pretty sad day for me. Just walking off Cam Randall Field with a loss in your senior night, that sucked. Well, then we'll flip well, it I around. Hot, best <laughs> highlight at Camp Randall Stadium? Best highlight? Uh, Ohio State beating Ohio State my freshman year. That was that was my favorite highlight right there. <laughs> yeah, hard. That that was uh <laughs> that was a pretty epic one. So, yeah. and then uh, I, we got to ask you, how are you feeling about everything that's happened in the last last six months, going from where they were to where they are now, the new coaching staff? Have you had a chance to interact with anyone in the new administration? I have not yet, obviously. Uh, it sucks for me because Coach Chris is a good friend of mine. Like, I, I talk with Coach Chris all the time. I mean, I still talk to him. Um, I, said, I think he gets, you know, judged pretty unfairly. Like, he gets playing, gets primarily put on him. He he did a great job. Like he did a lot, a lot of great things for the University of Wisconsin. And he's a great coach in my opinion. So I think I think people should stop talking crap about him because he he did a great job with he, you know, the cars that he was dealt. But I think the new coach staff, Luke Fickle, I think it'll bring in some some different energy, new life, you know, some somebody who's not who hasn't been embedded in the University of Wisconsin brings completely different perspectives. And I think sometimes that change can be can be needed, and I said I've been liking what I've been seeing and hearing so far. I haven't got a chance to interact with any of those guys, but I said they seem like they're trying to bring in guys who are going to compete from from anywhere and everywhere. And I think that'll definitely help. So I said they have like what like a hundred quarterbacks on the roster right now. So that's the obviously that's the biggest 
you know, question mark always with Wisconsin is like, who's going to be the quarterback? Is he going to be able to, you know, take command of the offense and, you know, make the throws when we need him to make the throws. So, and he's been known to, you know, develop quarterbacks and have a lot of talented quarterbacks when he's at Cincinnati and whatnot. So it's going to be fun to watch and like, who knows if they're going to be extremely competitive right away. I mean, I hope so, but it may take a couple of years, but we all, we all just got to wait and see. <laughs> Man, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> all the moves they made, I really do. I, I yeah. really have high hopes, but I also, yeah. you know, hope I think yeah. I'm out firing. Yeah. 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 For I a number so of reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope so too, but you gotta, you gotta give it time. Like he's, He's got to get his guys in there, the type of players that, you know, he sees fit for the, you know, for the school. And so sometimes that takes a year or two, but I said, I think they still have a lot of talent on the roster. Just got to, I think the quarterback is obviously the, the biggest position that's going to have to play extremely well for those guys to have a chance. All right. So last question, James, we just, I was on the team. We just dominated an opponent. We're getting on our scooters. We're driving home. Where are we stopping to get a beer right off the bat? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's like the most like we what's uh, outside of like the college club and Wando's? What's a place you used to go that like maybe people didn't know about or that you nobody? There, there was there was a place called Logan's at the time. I only lasted very long, but there's <laughs> I forget all the streets and whatnot in Mass, and the like it was only open for like a year or two before it got closed down. That was a huge spot. Um, Nitty Gritty was a solid one. I know I live by right next to Nitty Gritty. I live at the Palisades. So it was, mm-hmm. it was, a, it was a few spots. We used, we used to diversify our portfolio yeah. <laughs> when it came to <laughs> when it came to going out. I mean, I mean even like my junior year, like we, I mean, I can say it now we we used to just throw parties in our apartment. Like that's that's what we used to do. Like we we almost just like stopped. We went to the bars too, but we just. Two parties in our apartment. That's what it kind of turns. <laughs> oh wait, who was it? I think it was Hugs talked about uh, Club yeah, Three Hundred Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Club Ten Hundred One. Club Ten Hundred One. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking Miami, yeah, club, so I'm thinking yeah, Three Hundred Five. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, club, yeah. Yeah, Club Ten Hundred One. That was me, Monty, and Isaiah Williams' apartment. That was. Yeah, I don't know how we didn't get evicted out of there. That was. <laughs> we did have lucky apartments, which was a, a nice apartment too. So, uh, surprised yeah. they didn't give us the food out of that one. <laughs> oh man, all the good times. It was yeah. a gift. This was great, man. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, it's such an honor and a pleasure to have you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate you being here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. And until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Oh. You going <laughs> back to any games? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.